Welcome to Talking History, a series of talks from Farnham U3A History Group. The final meeting of the year for the Farnham U3A World History Group comprises of four short talks from any period in history. The first of our short talks is called In the Blood and is given by Andrew Cole. Please note, the sound quality for parts of this recording is less than ideal because of problems with the amplification equipment. I was a bit worried about this slide when I saw it because a cold slide says in the blood. You thought I might be doing some sort of racial presentation now. Uh, and uh, we'd have the papers in uh, scrutinising U3A. So if I show the next slide, maybe that will give a slight relief to it. So I belong to the U3A Concert Club. I know some of you here do as well. And I do the concert notes. We go to a concert once, uh, once a month, classical concerts, normally up in London. So I write about the composers, about the music, and about the performers. And what struck me in that is how many of them come from musical families. So, stupidly, I thought, I'll investigate this and see what extent do musicians, composers, come from musical families. And that's what we're going to cover today. So I formed two questions to answer for myself. And this is a presentation, it's a two-hour presentation cut down, you'll be really relieved to hear, uh, which I gave to a, a music society, which I introduced to composers, their family history and the music as well. So we, we, we've not got the music and we've not got so many composers today. So the two questions were these. To what extent are eminent composers from professional musician families? Yeah. And then I thought, well, that's meaningless. And then I stupidly tried to answer the second question, which is how, many, how do composers compare to other professions in terms of following their families' uh, careers? Yeah. So to start this one today, I'm going to ask for a bit of audience participation. It's not a people's vote just to get that out of the way. Okay. And I'd like you to put your hand up if you took a career similar to one of your parents. One, two, three. And there's about 40 people in the room, and that's how it is in reality. In the 20th century, if you look at social studies, it's less than 5% of people are following the careers of their parents, whereas in previous centuries, it was much higher. Okay? I just want to give you that as a calibration, because we're going to then compare that to some of the these professions. So let me show you the research of the, how I did the investigation. I looked in and I studied, this is sort of genealogy light, if you like. I'm only looking at careers. I'm not looking at you know, all the families going back over many centuries. I looked at 100 composers. I chose a sample base of 100 eminent composers over four centuries, 1500 to 2000. And I did the equivalent research, this is where it got a bit out of hand, for five other professions. Okay. So doctors, lawyers, clergy, engineers, novelists, just to see what the comparison between them are. Is that, is it, do you get where I'm going with this a little bit? Yeah? Okay. Yeah. Okay, so that's the ones I did. Now, I, I need to be really clear with you here, is that um, I randomly chose those professions. There's no sort of logic to this in any way in terms of them. I just thought it would be interesting to compare some art versus sciences. Here are the hundred composers. And... The question really is, how the heck did I get to select these 100 composers? So I did lots and lots of books, lots and lots of online searches. And of course, it's a subjective. 
people's favourites, people who think they're great, other people have a different view. And so I had a bit of a problem with this, but the same 60 came up pretty much over and over again, but it got slightly more complicated to complete the last 40. So in the end, I chose two books, and uh, they were very good for the 17th, 18th, and 19th centuries, but they were very weak on the 20th century, so I used Gramophone magazine and their view of the top composers there. And I needed a sample base in each of the four areas, and because classical music is particularly dominated in the 19th century, the most famous ones are in that period, and it's not evenly spread across them. This is their date of birth categories. They're in date of birth order, just to see you know the picture. Now, there are some missing. So Monteverdi and Talis are both missing because their families are not really understood. It's incomplete information, so I couldn't use those in the sample. If your favourite composer is not there, I'm sorry, but that's the, that's the list that I got from research that I did. I then did the same thing again for the 100 for each of the other five careers. So I've basically researched 600 family trees and, and nearly lost the will to live. <laughs> yeah. The composers was quite straightforward, actually, and so was doctors, because it's well spread across around the world, there's very good books on the subject, and there's rather common agreement as to who the key players were. And we had a great lecture a, year, a couple of years ago about the eminent doctors. That wasn't the same as some of the others. So engineers was tricky because engineering and technology has changed over time. So uh, electronic engineering wasn't around to the 20th century, electrical engineering in the late 19th century. So how you compared them was quite a tricky thing to do. Uh, I'm a chartered engineer myself, so I could sort of navigate this to some degree. So that was okay. But some of the others were worse. Lawyers was a nightmare. Um, absolute nightmare. Lawyers in the room, I'm sorry. Um, but the, there are lots of them, and how do you define eminence is really difficult. And when you get to the Eastern Europe, which, of course, we have a lot of Eastern European composers, it's really hard to get the information around theirs. And a lot of eminent people that are called eminent um, uh, lawyers were actually eminent politicians. So I had to filter those out. The distinction between the two had to be made. And clergy was, was probably the most difficult category of all because I couldn't really include the Catholics or the Orthodox Church, because you're not supposed to. A lot of them did have children, uh, but that would distort the numbers. So it's largely a Protestant base, Jewish rabbis and so on are in there and so on. So I had to be a bit careful about the way I did that one as well. And novelists, there are so many novelists, and there are as many people who have opinions around novelists as there are novelists, and they're all very different. So that one I had to uh, uh, rather cut through and, and get to the 100. Anyway, got 100 of each one, 600 family trees went mad. Let me give you an example of a composer. I say I covered this more extensively, different composers and the influences on them and so on. This is an example where it's really clear that a composer had very strong musical influence from his family. His father was a uh, professional musician in, in, an, in an orchestra, and he actually tutored his son and gave him, he went to lots of the events and so on. So there's a lot of influence from the father. The, the mum was from a wealthy brewing family, and she actually had a lot of musical training as well. So she transcribed his early composition. He married, because this is less significant, but he had a child who didn't go on into music. So simple family tree. So I've got 600 of these. Uh, please don't ask for them. Um, or you can if you want. And uh, this gives you a picture of the family tree. Very strong musical influence. Now, I just want to add a side note here about women in this. It was really shocking how poor the books and all the research had on, on the mums. They were very rarely mentioned. Yeah? 
If they were mentioned, it was because they were a daughter of or, or from some hereditary family. And so actually finding information on the mother's influence was really, really difficult and very disappointing. And I'd like to say that was true for the early centuries. Actually, it's as true for the 20th century composers as it was for the 17th, 19th century composers. So quite a real concern about this getting a balanced picture in this. So I've done the best with it, but the women's information is rather limited. Okay. So, the problem. Um, doing this, it's not as clean-cut as was the parents' musicians, professional musicians or not. There's a grayscale in between. So I ended up having to do four categories. The top category is they're definitely professional musicians. It's really, really clear. And the bottom category is there's no influence whatsoever. There's no music. They weren't a musical family in any way. But in between, I had to include a, a medium category, which was around they were quite a musical family, accomplished musicians, but they weren't professionals. Or the uncle or the grandparents were musicians instead and had the influence. So it's almost the same as parents, but not quite as much. And the low category is one where the family was clearly very artistic and supported music, but didn't really actually, uh, weren't professional musicians themselves. And I've given an example here of four composers. We've just heard about Strauss. Sibelius's uncle was a professional musician and his dad played the piano. So you sort of thought, well, that's quite a strong influence on the home. Ravel um, was a very musical, supporting, for, um, uh, supported the arts in a big way, but wasn't musical themselves. So again, that's some influence on the music scene. I'll talk about the scoring a bit later, but this helped me to judge the extent, rather than saying yes or no, the extent that there was influence on them. And of course, I had to repeat this for all the five other professions as well. So there's an equivalent chart to this for each one. I know this sounds a bit statistical, but it's building up to the answer, I promise. So we're getting a view. So let me give you a contrast, which was Handel. His dad did everything he possibly could to not let his son take up music. He, he did all the stops he could. He was a surgeon, and he wanted him to follow in the family career that way. The mum, there's no evidence that she was involved in any musical aspect at all. She, again, it tells you about she's the daughter of a clergyman. You don't get much information about her herself. So this really was a contrast to Strauss, where he was really getting no support to become musical at all. Two extreme examples. This is the results, or part of the results. Um, there's lots of ways you could cut this data. But this is the sort of careers that they had, and it's high scoring. It's only a sample of 100, but 35 of the 100, just think about this room, we only had less than 5%. 35 of these fathers were professional musicians. That said, look at the contrast of the others. I mean, you've got wig makers, pawnbrokers, yeah, quite a contrast mix of backgrounds. So, and I had some fantastic stories in the Fuller presentation about the family histories of some of these composers. It was just amazing how they got into music despite their background. If we look at the mother's side, really uh, shallow information, but there were two clear professional musicians. So Clara Schumann's mother and Grieg's mother were professional musicians. So there's two clear cases there. And as far as I can read in the books, of the 113 was more influence about music from their, or at least as much by, from their mothers as from their father's side. But it's like the picture is very sketchy. And seven, it was their uncles or their grand aunts or grandparents that were actually the key influence in terms of taking up music. So that's what I found. I, I mean, you can ask, does it really matter? No, this doesn't matter that much, but it's a bit of a story about the history of, the, of where they came from. My last chart is the comparison with other professions. So now I'm using my scoring mechanism 
of the 100 composers versus the 100 novelists and so on and so on and so on. And what you can see here is that, and I didn't expect this actually, I thought it'd be high, but composers is top. It had more musical influence from their families in the blood, nature versus nurture. I'm not making a judgment here. I called the title in the blood, but actually it could be as much nurture as anything else. I'm not making any observations around uh, genetics and so on. Clergy I expected to be the highest because you hear so many people following in their parents' careers, but it actually was just slightly lower. So still very incredibly strong, much stronger than the average, say, in this room over those centuries. And the interesting one about clergy is it's held up. So even in the 20th century, of the eminent uh, clergy, you know, there's a very high take-up following their parents' careers, whereas composers is dropping off quickly. I haven't got time today to go through all of that. And the, the, the least was novelists. And maybe that's not a surprise, but very few came from writing family backgrounds at all. Very little evidence in that one. And that's probably low or lower than this room as an average. Yeah. So quite an interesting picture. So in summary, I, of my two questions, yes, composers do largely come from, eminent composers, largely come from families that are musical in background. And the second question was, how does that compare to other professions? Well, the answer is it's very high. It's as strong as, or not higher. And for those that are of a statistical nature, there is enough significant difference between these scores to say that these are meaningful scores. I should give a caveat here. There are lots of other factors in the data. Nationality, wealth, the accuracy of the data. Any of those other things could be as equally as important as this. So I'm not saying this is the only factor that has an influence. That's it. Thank you very much. The views expressed in this talk are representative of the views held at the time of the material being discussed. They do not necessarily represent the views of the speaker, the Farnham U3A History Group, or the team at the Mr T Podcast Studio. This podcast is produced by the Mr T Podcast Studio in association with the Farnham U3A Group. Thank you for listening to this talk 